Hello. We're back. This is the Shared Interest Podcast. I am the host. My name is Tommy. I'm actually also the producer, the engineer. It's a DIY thing. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And when I do it myself, I get to do it however I want. And here's how I want to do it. I want to talk about football. Better than a diamond ring. Football. Yeah, that's from an old Goldie Hawn movie. I think it was called Wildcats. She was breaking the glass ceiling. A lot of gender discrimination going on in the ranks of high school football coaching. Today, we are going to do some football talking. And to talk football, I have found my good friend, Anthony. And he's going to join us. Anthony has the dubious distinction of being a lifelong Broncos fan. So he'll probably be in a good mood since they won the Super Bowl and all. Instead of doing a uselessly long intro, how about if I close up the old pie hole and bring on my guest? Shared Interest Podcast. Let's do it. It's time to hopefully not get sued by the Buffer family for using their It's Time little slogan. But it is time to welcome my friend. What's up, bro? How you doing? I'm doing really good, and uh, I feel pretty spastic about the upcoming NFL season. It's something that I really enjoy football like pretty much everyone else, it seems. When I was thinking, how do I approach this new season, the first thing that came to mind is I should probably go to the Super Bowl champion of last season. Just a brief setup. You are as real as it gets as far as a lifelong Bronco fan, the Orange Crush, through uh, some childhood turbulence with John Elway losing a bunch of Super Bowls to some late 90s exuberance with them winning a bunch of Super Bowls. As someone who's been a tried and true Bronco fan, why don't I open it up by letting you take a quick victory lap? <laughs> yeah, last year was uh, uh, unexpected, clearly, because Peyton played but uh, it was it was awesome to see them actually win some playoff games and uh, not not choke and not fold and it was crazy, you know. Still don't know how it happened technically. I guess really good defense wins championships. I guess. Yeah, in that situation, it did for sure. Yeah, and I think they got a couple good roles here and there. You know, um, hell, they won the Super Bowl. Sweet. <laughs> and then we got no quarterback, so that's cool. Yeah, um, that's a great segue because has there ever been a more disrespected? Super Bowl champion coming into the the next season. I'm trying to. I was trying to think back. Has anyone ever won the Super Bowl? And then, I mean, if you think about it, the only key piece that changed essentially was Peyton Manning, who really played like dog shit for most of the year anyway. So why is it that bringing in Mark Sanchez, butt fumble aside, why is no one taking Broncos seriously? Well, I mean, they lost. They lost some key. Not, I don't know the key pieces. They lost some pieces on defense, but. Their key pieces, I guess, are all still there, right? The, the defensive secondary is all intact, and the two defensive ends, Ware and Miller, are both intact. That's all there. Um, they lost an offensive lineman. It kind of reminds me of, I guess, 1999. Elway wins. They win back-to-back championships, right? Elway retires, top of the mountain. and Was it Jake Plummer? brought in... It Jake wasn't Plummer Jake Plummer. Bobby, was it Brister? I don't know. Was, this is going to be fantastic. We don't do any show prep for these things. We just take the conversation <laughs> as it comes. And I, I have a, a fleeting memory of a greasy. Was there not a greasy involved somehow? 
not Bob, his kid, Brian. So was there a Greasy? Yeah, I think that, yeah, Brian Greasy, I guess, because um, he was a backup to Elway at that point, I believe. Anyway, so it's kind of similar situation, I think. You know, that team wasn't a defensive team. They were more of an offensive team, I guess. Terrell Davis hadn't hurt himself yet either, so. Right, yeah, exactly. But, but no, you're right. So back to your initial initial thought on that. Like, everybody, everybody immediately, like, oh, at, at best, eight and eight. So I'm like, what? like, are you guys high? Like, you still have all the same pieces on off. John Elway seems like a fairly astute individual when it comes to putting a team together. Again, the, the one piece that shifted was Manning, and Manning wasn't as an essential of a piece, I guess, outside of the, you know, the, the name brand value of, oh my God, we have Peyton Manning, but on the field, he was a bit of a wreck. Oh yeah. And that's what I try to tell everybody. Cause every, yeah, everybody's all, you know, friends, of course, they're like, oh, they're going to suck. They're going to suck. And I'm like, are you, do you guys, did you guys watch football? Exactly. Peyton Manning. And, and, and I'm pretty sure this isn't a close to an accurate stat. Last year, Peyton Manning either led the league in interceptions or tied somebody or somebody might have had one more interception than him. He led the universe. His big chicken McNugget-looking right. head. He, I, don't, I don't have the stats right. in front of me, but I agree with you. He threw more interceptions, made more terrible decisions than anyone that I saw. And think about this. He missed six, seven, eight games, something like that. He basically played half the season and still put up worse numbers than any other quarterback who actually played the whole season, you know? Like, and, and they still got to the playoffs because of their defense and some lucky rolls here and there, blah, blah, blah. The game against the Steelers, I think the Steelers had a chance um, as yep. someone who was rooting for the Patriots to repeat as Super Bowl champions. For me, it wasn't so much the loss at Denver that pisses me off looking back at 2015. It's the loss at Miami, which made the game in Denver instead of in Foxborough. No one can know how it would have turned out if they played that game in New England, but... Anyway, they played it where they played it, which was in Denver. Denver won. Denver, as an underdog, or at least a perceived underdog to the Panthers, pretty much punched Carolina in the mouth and walked off with the win. But circling back to the disrespect coming into 2016, in your opinion, would it be different if Osweiler had stayed? If it was Osweiler instead of Sanchez, or whoever's going to be the quarterback, Sanchez, or the field, would there be a different vibe if Brock was still there? No. I, I don't. I don't think so. Um, like, I mean, unless you're the Houston Texans owner, <laughs> you might have a different opinion. But, like, I mean, the guy got paid, you know, which I guess is today's NFL. You play four games and you don't lose or you go three and one or whatever it was. You're going to get paid. To me, there's no difference between him and any other quarterback you can put in right now. No, none of those guys are proven. Okay, that's a good point. So if the Broncos are going to have a down year coming into 2016, who in the division is the riser? Is it the San Diego Chargers? That seems like a long shot. A lot of people like the Chiefs. Uh, but the upstart that I'm most interested in is the Oakland Raiders. Oh, yeah. Do you have any yeah. thoughts on the Raiders coming in to try and dethrone the Broncos as the AFC West? Before we even get to defending the Super Bowl, let's defend the division. The Chiefs scare me because, I mean, they were what they finished off last season winning 11 straight games or something like that. They did. The playoff. Yeah. And some people thought um, they were going to beat the Patriots. Yeah, and then they didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> but yeah, the Chiefs scare me. And then they got they a little better. They got a little deeper. Would you rather coming into this season, let's say that the Chiefs defense, which is their you know number one unit, and the Broncos defense, obviously their number one unit. So you've got these solid defenses coming into the season. 
Would you rather have the known commodity of what Alex Smith can and can't do or the unknown commodity of whoever's going to quarterback the Broncos? Where would you rather be on that? Probably biased, but I, I, I still go with the Broncos on that because their offense, they have some ridiculous weapons on offense, just ridiculous. Um, now, granted, a lot of that hinges on the quarterback being able to complete a forward pass. But yes, it does. I still, I'll still take the chances on the Broncos rather than and Alex Smith, you know, you know what he's going to do. Yeah, he's got, he's got the 11-5 and five capabilities with the early exit in the playoffs. I think that the great unknown, even if it turns out to be Sanchez, um, who has a bit of a track record that you could foreseeably forecast, but who is the, who's the young quarterback that the Broncos drafted? Help me out. It's not Carson yeah, Wentz. Yeah, Paxton. Paxton Lynch. Yeah, Paxton Lynch. But currently now it's preseason, and he's, he's slotted at number three spot quarterback which I think is where they're supposed to put him until they do preseason games and maybe he can actually throw the ball we'll see he might be slotted he's not going to be the starter I truly believe Sanchez will be Sanchez I'm going to call I'm just going to call him Sanchez for the rest of the time please don't please don't call him Sanchez in, in, in Sanchez we trust he <laughs> he's going to be the starter most people are like well he's not going to last three games because they're going to go 0-3 or 1-2 and or Whatever, and they're going to bench him. But it's mockery, and it's it's totally not fair um, for someone to to be a candy ass like I'm being right now and be like, oh, yeah, there's no way he could ever be good because on one day against the best team, you know, he had a horrible play. It's it's totally not fair to cascade that down to diminish his the idea that he could be a serviceable quarterback because. As we just saying, the Broncos didn't lose that many pieces, so all you're looking for is a the dreaded game manager at quarterback. But right. why couldn't Mark Sanchez? To your point, I would take Sanchez over Alex Smith at this point too, because I don't think that Alex Smith. There's just there's something lacking there. Obviously, there's right. something lacking with Sanchez as well. As long as he's not out there creating terrible situations for the Broncos defense, that's a team that. You should essentially return to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think so too. And then winning the division, I, I think they can win the division. But I, the one team I'm really scared of is the Raiders. The Raiders are turning into they've got a, a lot of talent. Man. Ta- the Raiders have a lot of talent at a lot of the the right spots. It'll be a you know going back to quarterback being the most important position in the game. If you put David Carr on the Broncos, then what? There are Three to one favorite to win the whole thing again. I don't know how good Carr is yet. I'm not sure, but in the current situation they have, he's really good. He's got really good chemistry with his current wide receivers, and their defense is getting good, <laughs> yeah. real good. I actually bet on Khalil Mack to win the uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Obviously, it went to J.J. Watt as it always does, but uh, there's some unheralded pieces on that Raiders defense. I having the Raiders as the favorite to win that division is not really as crazy as it might sound the uncertainty that the Broncos have in their offense because of the quarterback position and with the certainty that the Chiefs have in their offense that it's going to be marginal it it feels like there's an open lane for the Raiders to swoop by everyone Um, obviously I've completely disrespected the San Diego Chargers I give them no consideration and no chance to win Uh, have I overlooked anything in San Diego Um, somebody told me yesterday a mutual friend of ours he thinks San Diego's going to be really good. And I'm like, well, they're always kind of really good, but they never actually win games. So um, they got a lot of a lot of talent on offense. 
their defense got better because they drafted Joey Bosa. Who's not playing? He's but not even in camp. They right? haven't signed him yet. Yeah. So how do you draft a guy at number three and don't sign him? Like, what? Like, it makes no sense. They are a pretty dysfunctional organization. They're, uh, it seems like most of their front office is still trying to shake down the people of San Diego to build them a newer stadium. So their their efforts are, are going towards turning a bunch of taxpayer money into their private profit. But I don't want to go off on a too far third rail conversation about how NFL stadiums get funded. Off the top of your head, let's play word association with the Chargers. Eric Weddle. Who? Exactly. Who? <laughs> no, apparently it was a super big fucking deal that the Chargers disrespected Eric Weddle and didn't treat him like he was Ronnie Lott. I, I don't understand the turmoil within the Charger family surrounding the idea that they did or did not re-sign a marginal safety that I guess played with a lot of grit. Whether they win a bunch of games or lose a bunch of games between Danny Woodhead and Eric Weddle, let's just say the Chargers had a shitload of grit. Apparently they washed some of that grit out when they didn't sign Weddle. All right, so let me open it up beyond the AFC West. How about a couple of things that you expect to happen and then a couple of things that you think will happen that might sound shocking? One, one team for both, actually. The Arizona Cardinals. My heart says, they're, everybody's like, oh, this, they're the best team in the, in the league this year. And I'm like, well, that's a, little, that's a stretch. But they're, they're good. They're going to be really good, I think. They got David Johnson as your running back. Still good wide receiving core. Good quarterback in Carson. Great defense. One thing with the Cardinals is the offensive line is what always seems to screw them up. So I could see them going 12-4, and four, winning the division, making a run in the playoffs. I could, I could also see them going 8-8 eight and eight if, their offensive, if their offensive line sucks like it normally does. Right. If they get Palmer killed by not being able to pick up coverage assignments, they were at the doorstep last year. They were in the NFC Championship game. It didn't go well for them. I'm sure uh, they feel like if they played that game 10 times, the results nine of the other times would have been much different. All right, so the Cardinals being good, not too shocking. Go ahead and shock me, bro. Shock me with something spectacular. This one's going to be a stretch. <laughs> but the Cleveland Browns. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't let me detract you from what you're about to say. But we, as you're aware, we are recording well, this, and there will be a historical record of what you're about to say. Right. So go ahead. Right. So there's a 1% chance that this is going to be really good in three months or a 99% chance that everybody's going to be like, you're an idiot. I have mad, mad love for what's the name? Josh Gordon. Yeah. The uh, wide receiver who can't stop smoking weed. Looks like he's going to be reinstated week five. So he's going to miss the first four weeks. I mean, reinstated week five, which is the same day that Tom Brady is reinstated and they actually play each other that day. Um, uh, I was familiar with that. I did know that that quirk was out there in the schedule. The Browns are like the island of misfit toys from that reindeer movie thing. <laughs> Whatever the Christmas. All they need is a water gun that squirts jelly because they've already got a running back who posts violent anti-police things. They've got RG3. They've got, as to your point, they've got dope smoking, can't stay unsuspended Josh Gordon. But apparently his sample wasn't treated correctly, so he might have one of those classic PED beats where it's like, yeah, I was totally doping, but you were fucking careless with my blood sample, so we all just walk away from this now. I, I, I don't well, see it, but go ahead. Here, what is the thing? Here is the thing. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So RG3 hasn't played football in, I don't know, two years, 
something like that. Every time someone says RG three, I just picture him writhing around on the field, grasping one of his knees. So I, I'm not sure what year that was. But I don't know. Fill in the fucking blank for me. RG three when he played for the Skins, he was pretty good his first season. Then he got injured, and then he got injured again, and then his leg buckled for no reason one time. And that was the last play he played, I believe. That's the one I like the best. That's that's my favorite RG three yeah. play. Yeah, I think mentally in his head. There's no way he's going to want to run up the middle anymore or run ever again, you know? Now, granted, he will from time to time. But this team has two really good aspects of making him stay in the pocket. They have is it Duke Johnson. Is that, is that right? Duke That's Johnson, correct. Duke Johnson is the receiving back. Isaiah Crowell is the early down back, potentially. And um, they have another unheralded rookie whose name escapes me at this point. Right. So like you just said, Duke Johnson is a good receiving back. And he's great out of the backfield. He really is. He's fast, he's big, he catches every ball that's thrown to him for the most part. So he's a safety blanket for RG3 in those times where he has to be. And then the other key piece of that is Gordon, right? Gordon, whether you throw the ball or not, you have to double cover the guy because he's, he's just that fast and he can catch the ball. Well, he used to be able to catch the ball. We'll see. Those two pieces, I think, if they can work it out, there's just going to be a lot of opportunity for, oh, I'm going to dish it off Duke here, Duke there, Duke there, five, seven yards at a clip. You know what I mean? I really think that could work. Now, all this hinges on do they have an offensive line that can even play? Is their defense bad enough to where they're going to give up 38 points a game? Blah, blah, blah. Everybody's saying, yeah, three or four wins, maybe. I think maybe 500, maybe, maybe, wow. maybe. I did ask you to shock me and saying that the Cleveland Browns could be reasonably forecasted to have eight wins. That I feel shocked right now. I definitely do. Cotton, I don't understand where Cotton. he's coming from. Cotton, <laughs> he's got two pieces, one of which is a dope-smoking, undrafted free agent who's had, I don't know what, a six-game run where he was somewhat decent. <laughs> and now all of a sudden he's a Randy Moss transcendent, going to change the way defenses approach him. I wouldn't cover, double-cover Josh Gordon. I would just let him run down the field and see if he even knows what he's doing. And I think, honestly, I, honestly, to that point, I think, I think that's what teams will do. But I truly believe he will burn teams if they do that. He will. He, he is that fat. you got to remember how good that guy was. He was ridiculous. He, at one game, he had like 280 yards one game. You know, not bad. One game, blah, blah, blah. I know, I'm getting my high horse, though. But. I like and your they, high horse. Your trip down memory lane is ridden on the highest of horses, motherfucker. <laughs> Another one not, not so shocking is the New England Patriots. They have no Tom Brady for the first four weeks. They play the Cardinals week one. have to believe they're going to lose that game. But then they play three divisional games in a row, I want to say. So I say at the worst, they're two and two going into week five when Brady comes back. And when Brady comes back, he, remember, remember that look he had in his eyes last year that we talked about? He always has oh, that look, though. Well, yeah, he does, but he really has that look when people piss him off, mainly the commissioner of the NFL. He is going to eat teams alive. They are going to run it up so bad against every team, completely filthy. It's very difficult for me to be unbiased in my approach. Of course, I I think when you say you expect them to be two and two, I just kind of laugh. I just do this one. (laughs) 
they're going to be 16 and 0, stupid, because they win all the time. <laughs> um, one thing that I don't do is I don't associate any of that rage Brady making a, a, a huge difference. That's not something that I'm a, a big believer in because Brady is such a chip on the shoulder guy to begin with um, from his documentary, the Brady eight or whatever it is where he told he just memorized all the quarterbacks that were taken in front of him and then made it a personal vendetta. Um, I was watching some Nesson video from teams training camp and him and uh, Garoppolo stayed after practice throwing balls into a trash can like 30 yards downfield. Anyone who's ever played football, you know how those side games happen after practice. So he's out there with Jimmy and they're throwing the ball. And when Garoppolo finally beat him 15 minutes later, you talk about that pissed look in Tom Brady's eye where he's saving it for Roger. No, he had that pissed look in his eye for his good friend and his cohort, the starting quarterback of his team for the first four games. He wanted to kill Garoppolo because Garoppolo beat him in a meaningless post practice throw the ball into a bucket game he's on a different level when it comes to competitiveness he's on that jordan level where he's just trying to destroy everyone all the time so i don't put any uh any real stock into the the concept that angry brady is a better brady it all depends on if people get to his feet he's not as effective a quarterback so as long as the patriots have a solid offensive line they will have a great offense uh I don't think that's the way this the 2016 Patriots are built more like the 2003 Patriots in my opinion. It's not quite a 2007ish. It's not an aerial show. It's going to be a two tight end thing. Right. They're going to control the game with a great defense. They're going to, you know, accentuate the things that they do well. They're going to try and expose what other teams' weaknesses are just like they always do. Just because Grappolo is going to be at the helm for the first four games, it wouldn't shock me at all if they went 4-0. and I'm glad that the uh, now that I have the schedule in front of me to correct you, if they actually go at Arizona, they go with the Dolphins, Texans, and then Bills. Oh, so, Texans. Okay, okay. Sorry. And I believe they're going to get the Texans without Watt, which obviously is a benefit for anyone who's playing the Texans to not have to deal with Watt. They're out of... Uh, division games in the AFC is the central. So they get your Browns. I doubt one of the eight Brown wins is going to be that week five contest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't think Brady is going to lose his first game back? Come on. No, I don't. As a matter of fact, I don't, I don't it, think, I think it's, I, I think it's in Cleveland. I'm not, I'm that's not, correct. I'm not uh, according to the NFL schedule thing that I'm looking at now. Yes, that is accurate. It is at Cleveland. Cleveland um, also known as, the mistake by the lake. Instead of Believeland, it's the mistake by the lake. Interesting side note, that week five game, I don't have the Major League Baseball schedule in front of me, but there's an outside chance that that could align very closely with a Cleveland Indians World Series game. Now, I, I don't want to go off the reservation. Get it? Oh! <laughs> there is a potential that the Indians could be playing World Series, and it really won't matter. The Patriots and Browns game might be the least important thing in Cleveland by the time that comes around. All right. It's always a fool's errand to ask for predictions, but let me ask right now, uh, fast forward to February 2017, who's going to be the Super Bowl champion? Man. That's tough. No, it's not. It's the Patriots. It's the easiest answer ever. And, <laughs> it is tough. All right. I got I to put in some Bronco love here. All right. So if the Bronco defense can play as good, obviously, close to as good as they were last year, they're going to win nine, ten games just on the defense alone. Turnovers, blah, blah, blah. They're, okay. they're going to they're gonna make a playoff push. That defense in the playoffs, 
could be a repeat of what happened last year to where they didn't need much offense to win games in the playoffs. Um, Cardinals, maybe. I think, though, I I don't know. I think... Damn it, man. Focus. Let's fucking focus for a minute. Give me a goddamn team. Who's going to win the Super Bowl, you meandering fool? (laughs) Belichick. Here's a good combination. Belichick, Brady, and Gronkowski. Okay. If all three are level-headed and, you know, the two players in this situation play the way they're supposed to, Patriots will definitely make the playoffs. And if Patriots in the playoffs, they're the favorite to win it all. Okay. I like that. Of course, I'm not going to say anything mean about someone who just predicted the Patriots to make it. Um, Give me the NFL MVP. Who's going to be the most valuable player in the entire league this year? Uh, Mark Sanchez? Um... Where's my ding bell sound effect? I'm just going to take a shot in the dark, dude. Um, David Johnson from the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. going to be the MVP of the league. I like it. Um, all right, one bust. One thing that a lot of people think is going to happen, whether it be the Steelers passing offense is awesome. Buck conventional wisdom for me. Just don't say that Ryan Tannehill is going to be good. Yeah, I guess conventional wisdom is the Jacksonville Jaguars always suck. I love this. I love where you're going. Say it, baby. Say it. That team, that team is good. That yes. that offense, they are good. Oh, like, let me throw good. my arms around you right now. I love the Jags. Thank you for that. Some guys you just don't think about. Allen Robinson, for instance. Nobody thinks about that. That guy over the last two seasons has proven to be one of the top 10 wide receivers in the league. Yeah, you know? he's, a, he's a little under the radar, but he's fantastic. Yeah, he's really talented. So, anyways, yeah, I love the Jacks. I love them. Love them. I hope that they end up winning that division. You know, we were talking earlier, there's a lane open. I think the Colts are completely overrated. I didn't ask the question to myself, but let my ego crowd the room and answer the question that I asked you. I think that the the conventional wisdom that somehow Andrew Luck is this mega quarterback and he's the tide that rises and lifts all boats and therefore every member of the Colts offense is on the verge of a historical season. I think that's a bunch of horse shit. I think the Colts suck. I think the, uh, what's his name? Chuck Armageddon, whatever. <laughs> Help Pangano. Me Pangano, thank you. Whatever. Pangano, not Armageddon. It was close. It had some of the same letters. But I think Chuck Pagano will be the first head coach fired this year. I, I think that that's a train wreck waiting to happen. I would love to see Mariota versus Bortles as far as, you know, always making it about the quarterbacks again. But I would love to see a, a upstart Titans team fighting the Jags for that division in the end. You know, we'll see what the Texans can do. Yeah, I'm, with, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that Colts thing. Last year, last year I thought they were really the real deal. I was like, yeah, they, they were supposed to be good, especially with Andrew Luck, who's like, you know, according to anybody in the media, is the best quarterback ever to play. All right. Um, which, I don't know how that's proven. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how that yeah, happened they, either. Like, they, they sucked out loud last year, so they can only <laughs> about do the same this year. Final thoughts or what you're most looking forward to coming into the 2016 season? Honestly, I'll go back to the Broncos just because I have to. Do it. I am, I am most excited that everybody is telling them they suck because when you tell defense like that, that that they're not going to win games and those guys, they just bring the pain every time. Like, I just, I just think it gives them whatever you want to call it, you know, the locker room chatter, blah, 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 whatever, like whatever it's called. They're, that, they're just going to focus on that and on proving everybody wrong. I think, and I think they will. And I think it's going to be ugly. Nice. That's the mo- That's what I'm looking forward to them. Just, being teamed up, hopefully. 
saying that the Broncos defense is going to come out and punch people in the mouth and move them off their spot, regardless of the fact that Peyton Manning isn't there or Sanchez is there. I think that's a really good point that it, it doesn't really matter who's quarterbacking the team when Akib Talib, Akib Talib and Von Miller and the rest of that defense is out there trucking fools. It's not really as vital that you have a washed up potential Hall of Famer at quarterback. <laughs> we just need to make sure that Talib and Miller don't go clubbing and drop some molly and start shooting each other in the feet. You know what I mean? So. Plaxico Burris was a, a great Super Bowl champion who walked around with a gun in his waistband. And, you know, shit happens. <laughs> uh, that's a good right? way to wrap it up, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, I'll look forward to checking in with you to see exactly how well, particularly that Cleveland Browns prop bet of eight wins. I think you could make a lot of money on that. <laughs> I think there's opportunity there. I was in Vegas last week and the over-under on them, I think it's like three and a half. It can't be that low. There's no way that it's four. So I think it is. So if in Vegas at the sportsbook I was at, they have different bets. So like, you know, over-under is always an even bet, right? Yeah, or minus 110, they, they put a little vig in it. Right, but then they have a different thing where you can pick how many games you'll think they'll win, and then you get different odds. I think on a seven-win or eight-win season for them, like it, it paid like 75 to one or something like that. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm actually, I gotta, I gotta decide if I'm going to do my... Um, if I'm going to use a proxy to do my bets or if I'm going to go in person every time. But I've now that you've mentioned that, I will actually look and, and perhaps maybe I'll throw, a, I'll splash a couple of chips down on a, a six-win Brown season and try and profit off of that. <laughs> you've planted a seed, an ugly Cleveland Brown seed in the back of my mind. Uh, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show. Love you so much, man. Let's enjoy the season. Shake it. Like a ladder to sun Makes me feel like a madman on the run Find me never